The South African Forest Company, or SAFCOL, is the third largest state-owned company in South Africa, and it follows Eskom and Transnet. The company is the oldest certified forestry company in Africa. It manages 190,000 hectares of land all around the country, and it also has 100,000 hectares in southern Mozambique. The group recently reported that in its most recent financial year, it managed to grow its revenue by 33% to 1.2 billion rand. The operating profit rose by 40 million rand to 390 million rand. Safcol also achieved a positive cash flow and generated 250 million rand in cash from its operations. Irregular and wasteful expenditure amounted to less than 1 million rand. It also has virtually no long-term liabilities on the balance sheet and uh, probably most importantly achieved an unqualified audit opinion for the third consecutive year. This performance must be seen in a context that SAFCOL racked up significant irregular expenditure of nearly 600 million rand in its 2018 financial year and received several qualified audit opinions up and until 2019. Chepo Monaheng is on the line. He is the CEO of SAFCOL and he was appointed in this position in December 2017. Chepo, thank you so much for joining me. It has been a remarkable turnaround. Uh, Did you pay a dividend to government following your recent uh, performance? Yes, thank you, Rick. Um, It was a wonderful journey, challenging but rewarding at the end. Uh, We are still on the journey. We haven't arrived yet. We are still working on this project. And we did pay dividend to the shareholder, a modest dividend, just as a gesture. We are planning to pay meaningful dividend going forward. At least it is a green number, and most South Africans would take it, especially since most other state-owned enterprises are suffering eye-watering losses. It is indeed a breath of fresh air. Tell us about the turnaround, because uh, when you got to SAFCOL in 2017, you did not find a happy company. (laughs) No, indeed. It was a difficult environment. You know, there are two important issues in working on the turnaround of a company. One is um, there should be a plan or a strategy that is executable. And the other part is um, the culture and the environment within which you're operating. Because you can have a good strategy, but you may not be able to execute because of the environment. So I must say that we had a solid uh, strategy, highly executable. And we had an environment that allowed us to execute, even though we'd have loved to have doubled our top line. But uh, that that we have achieved was good as a start. And um, we wouldn't have achieved a turnaround if we didn't have the support of the board, support of the shareholder. And um, the environment that we work around, the employees, we change the culture. We're still working on the culture change to that of accountability, that of uh, excellence, that each employee of SAFCOL is responsible to deliver on what they are contracted on. Every employee of SAFCOL is contracted and they must deliver on their contracted uh, targets or objectives. Can you give us an overview of SAFCOL's operations, especially the areas where SAFCOL earns the bulk of its revenues? We have three parts to the business which is the forestry business, which is the plantations. And we have the processing part of the business, which is the sawmilling part. And we have the third part of the business, which is the ecotourism. About 80 to 90%, depending on the year, 
of the revenue comes from the log part, that is the plantations part, where we harvest from the plantations to deliver to our customers uh, and we prioritize uh, South African industry or the saw milling industry. Second uh, contribution comes from saw milling, which is not doing so well in terms of profitability. The technology is quite old, so it's difficult for it to be profitable. And the ecotourism as well is not doing so well in terms of profitability, it's small, but we know that uh, there's huge potential to turn that uh, in tenfold or even more. There seems to be a significant timber shortage in South Africa at the moment. Several of the private sector companies have also said they could not source the uh, volumes of timber from SAFCO it expected. What, what is the situation there? What has been the trends with your production levels in recent years? So we have what we call an auction process at the beginning of the financial year, where we go out to the market and find out the interest from the market. So that interest is much more than what Subcold can supply. So some of our customers, especially the big customers, we are not able to meet their required volumes because as a state-owned company, we can't uh, just supply a few and ignore the others. So we try and spread the volume that is available per year. Because of sustainability, we cannot over-harvest. We have to make sure that the next generations, they can find the plantations in a good state. So we have a limited amount per year that is available for the market. So we couldn't provide the volumes that the market wanted. And we are correcting that going forward because we realize that if we can focus on companies that uh, process locally, that beneficiate locally, instead of companies that are going to export logs out of the country. We are going to have a a bigger impact, and uh, most of these companies that are processing will have more timber available for them to process locally. And they create job opportunities for the people in the country, unlike if we supply to people who are going to export, because it's a one-man show, they put logs on the truck going to the port, instead of processing the log here locally, converting that into high-value products. Uh, Chepo, is it not possible to ramp up production? Uh, I would assume it's not that that easy to increase uh, timber production because it's a, it, there's a long lead time from when you plant a tree to when you harvest it. But is it possible to increase uh, production levels? Yes, we are working on that as part of our strategy. For us, most of the required species, uh, it's pine. About 90% of the required species is pine. And it takes about 25 years, plus or minus, from planting to harvesting. So it's a long time. So what we are doing now, there are a lot of plantations in the country that are not productive. So we are approaching the owners, uh, whether it's Department of Forestry, Fisheries and Environment, or the municipalities for us to take over the management of the assets so that we can have enough timber available for the industry. So that's our long-term plan. In the short term, we are trying our best uh, to, without uh, going beyond sustainability, to provide uh, the customers uh, the timber that they want. We believe that uh, if we supply the processing, the saw milling industry with timber, we should be able to get to in excess of 90% of the solution of the problem. Has the production levels of uh, SAFCO grown in recent years? A bit of growth because, like I said, we have to control, manage how much we can harvest per year. 
we can increase beyond our sustainable volumes available per year. But the past years, we didn't have the budgeted or the planned volumes. So in the past year or two, we had excess volumes above the sustainable volume that we could tap into. What is SAFCO's market share in South Africa? We operate in Lipopo, Pumalanga, a little bit in Northern KZN, but mostly in Pumalanga. So we, we are the main supplier of timber in Pumalanga area. And uh, in terms of um, markets, because we are regionalized, we are not uh, a nationwide company, it would be difficult to look at the market share in the country. But uh, looking at market share in the region that we operate in, I would say that uh, we are over 50% in the Mpumalanga area in terms of supply of logs. So it means we are a bit dominant. That's why it's important for us to be fair to customers. We don't want to use our dominance to disadvantage customers. Instead, we have to use that dominance to support the growth of the industry. You also have operations in Mozambique. Uh, when did you enter that market and why do you operate there? Subcall through KLF. KLF is the subsidiary of Subcall. So KLF bought um, an asset called Ifloma. KLF bought 80% of that asset and the Mozambican government owns 20%. And this uh, transaction happened, um, I don't have the exact year, but it's um, earlier in the 2000. And the strategy was for expansion. But because that uh, asset was not managed well, Safcol didn't get the benefit of that expansion. But now we have operationalized that asset. is starting to generate revenue, and it's, um, we're hoping that uh, it will be able to operate optimally. And then that will encourage us in our expansion strategy because we don't believe that we can continue expanding if we can't make the first leg of expansion work. So we are going to have to make sure that the flow in Mozambique works. Then based on that, then you can expand to other areas of the region. I want to come back to the three consecutive unqualified audit opinions SAFCO received uh, because that is uh, almost in contradiction with other state-owned enterprises in South Africa where there is a lot of irregular and wasteful expenditure. State capture have caused uh, a lot of uh, operational problems as well. How difficult is it to operate a state-owned enterprise in South Africa? I think it's um, difficult because you'll not just do something because it's good for the business. There's a lot of considerations that we have to take into account. So for us, uh, what was important right at the beginning, when we realized that um, the audit findings were, it was just huge. It It was a big problem. We decided to strengthen the controls so we, we strengthen the controls within the supply chain, how we buy, and the financials in terms of our reporting, the accuracy of the information. And the other part is the, the internal audit, to strengthen that part of internal audit so that we don't wait for external auditors to come and tell us how wrong we have done. We should be able to pick up, if there's uh, any problems, we should be able to pick them up early. Is it possible to curb corruption within a state-owned enterprise with only processes and procedures, or do you need other actions as well? Yes, definitely we do. We have to make sure that um, we don't allow external influence to determine how we operate. 
because no, as a state-owned company, because it's uh, the company belongs to the people. Everybody has a say on how we should. And if they're not successful in getting a contract, they have a right to question. But as long as we do the right thing in terms of admin and controls, we have to stick to that and not allow ourselves to be influenced by external forces, whether it's um, suppliers, uh, whether it's um, our customers, or whether it's service providers. We should make sure that at all times we do what is right. I read in the most recent annual report that there is talk of SAFCOL expanding its footprint, trying to procure additional land to establish new plantations. Is that a complicated process? Actually, we are not going to procure, but um, we want to lease the land. It's a difficult, it's a long process because um, the people who are managing the land currently, it's difficult for them to just decide that we are going to transfer the land for management to SAFCOL because um, it's, they are not uh, businesses. Because if it was a pure business, it would be a business decision to say it makes business sense for us to hand over the land to SAFCOL to manage. It's quick, but um, the land, the plantations that we want to take over for, on, on management are controlled by different entities and it takes time for us to get those because that is at the heart of our growth if we can get access to those plantations we'll be able to grow the business even further and be able to support our industry but it takes us a bit longer than we have thought to access those plantations that is locally in the sadak region we have suspended growth because we want to make sure that we have excelled in south africa that we have been able to manage the plantations that were not managed well, we manage them well. And then when we are done, only then we can move to the region. Would that be typically communal land or private sector land? Most of the land is um, government-owned land that belongs to the Department of Forestry. And then the other land is um, municipal-owned land. Municipalities, they have they do own plantations. And the third leg is um, communal, where communities have successfully claimed the land. So we get into an agreement, a contract with them for us to lease the land from them and continue operating. And then we pay them the rental fees. And we also give them opportunities when we operate on their land. So they have uh, the first uh, right of opportunities that uh, are created in the business, whether it's service provision, whether it's supply chain, whether it's um, training opportunities. So all opportunities around the plantations will first be offered to the communities uh, who own that land. It seems to me as if the timber industry is a very closed industry. There are only a few players in this market, and obviously SAFCOL is a major player, but how effectively do you think is SAFCOL competing with its private sector competitors? The barriers of entry in the forestry space are huge, mainly because um, for you to be able to harvest, you will have to plant at a T0 and uh, maintain the assets over 25 years. And there's, uh, there's timber theft, there's fires, there's all these problems. So if you are going to invest in forestry, you must know that you are going to have to wait 
for over 25 years for you to start uh, harvesting and making money. And most people will not be able to achieve that. So if you want to be in that business, you have you should have started 25 years ago. So that is a challenge. And in terms of competitiveness, um, we do compete, even though the asset is not... Um, we, we didn't invest uh, many years ago in the technology because uh, the success of a forestry business is not in the sale of logs. It's uh, in what you do with the logs to convert the logs or the timber into high-value products. That's where you make the money. So Safcol didn't invest in in the beneficiation processes. It's only now that we are doing that to invest in beneficiation, and then that's where we are going to start making money. The margins coming from the logs are very, very thin because um, the customers cannot afford expensive logs. So we have to make sure that uh, between our cost and the amount of uh, price that we put on the logs, we can make some margins, but the margins are very thin. What are the key markets SAFCO targets? Uh, would it be the paper industry or other industries? We are in construction timber in the lumber space at the moment. So we, we have a sawmill that manufactures uh, structural lumber, the one we use in construction building. We are not um, in the space of paper, packaging, biochemicals. We are not there yet. But going forward, we are looking at products that we are going to produce out of the trees, the biochemical products that we are going to produce. But we are not going to be in competition with existing companies. We have identified products that we are going to focus on. And that's where the the high value creation is going to come from. What products are those? (laughs) Okay, we are looking into the CNC, crystal nanocellulose, that we are going to extract from the trees. And that um, has got a number of, uh, of products that then would be produced out of the CNC to go into the retail market. So that's one product. We are looking into CLT, which is uh, cross-laminated timber. We are looking into that product because we believe that the next uh, housing or buildings should be built of um, engineered wood. So we believe that there's a huge potential for growth in that space. And the energy space as well, the the pellets, uh, the compressed wood for energy, we are looking into that space as well. There's a high demand for pellet production. Then lastly, you have an ecotourism business as well. I'm an avid mountain biker and I've uh, ridden some of the trails or Safco trails all around the country. Uh, It's very interesting that a state-owned company would focus on on such activities. What is the business model of your ecotourism business? Ecotourism, if it's managed well and it is investment going into it, it's a huge revenue generator. But uh, unfortunately with us, we didn't invest in the ecotourism some years ago. So if you're cycling or or riding the ecotourism sites, you realize that uh, there is some investment that's required. With that investment, you will be able to make more money. So we haven't been able to do that. So it doesn't contribute hugely in terms of revenue to the company. But we have um, a strategy now, instead of um, taking it out to be run by someone else outside, we are going to partner with um, people who are specialists in the space of uh, hospitality and uh, ecotourism to manage the asset on behalf of Safcon on an approach that could be 
a profit sharing approach. But we are looking at expanding that um, that part of the business hugely because there's a huge potential there. And we believe we have to keep it within Safco. It's an interesting business. Uh, do you often get on a bike and enjoy those trails? <laughs> I would love to. I spend too much time on the golf course. I don't find time to to bike, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try it soon. No, you must, uh, Chepo. Thank you so much for your time today, and uh, congratulations on an excellent uh, performance. And I think it could become a blueprint for many other state-owned enterprises uh, to not only receive bailouts from taxpayers, but to actually contribute through dividends to the fiscus. Uh, thank you, thank you. On behalf of uh, the the colleagues of Southcall, the board, uh, the shareholder, I would like to thank you as well. Because uh, if we don't keep us honest, um, then we forget what we have to deliver. That was Chepu Monaheng. He is the CEO of Safcol.